0: Let us remember the words of Psalm 118, 22-24. The same stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it it is is marvelous marvelous in our our eyes. eyes. On this day the Lord has acted. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I don't know why, in my moment of inspiration, I've chose two Latin words for the title of my sermon because I don't know how to pronounce Latin. I think it's Imago Day. Is that close enough? Imago Day. Let us make man in our image. Just what we read in uh, Old Testament reading, the first chapter of Genesis, and uh, in the Latin version, the Vulgate, it's Man in our image is the Imago Dei, the image of God. <clears throat> Regardless of your take exactly on how that was all played out, it is clear mankind bears the image of the Creator. And as image bears, we are to recognize the sanctity of the sacredness of all human life. And the church that is the church universal in its many many variants of existence has down through the ages shared a consensus that all life is sacred even now many within the Roman Catholic the Orthodox Church and within Protestantism among those believers who hold the scriptures to be the inspired word of God stand together in solidarity that Each and every life is sacred from the time of conception until natural death. When I was born way back in 1956, the law of the land held life to be valued and honored and did not allow a child growing within its mother's womb to be legally destroyed. But in 1972, that all changed here in the United States when our supreme court ruled that a woman has the right to choose to have her child killed since then millions of men and women have made that choice some of us here today may have participated in the decision to end a pregnancy and for anyone who has we must pray for and encourage healing of the wounds and the shame and the guilt that may still be present That is the gospel. Our perfect Father, the one who loves us unconditionally and accepts us just as we are, who does not withhold his love until we get our act together, he who always not only stands ready to receive us but is actively pursuing us, wooing us to stop running and to turn around and return to his loving arms of love and acceptance and forgiveness is always ready to hear our cry and hear our prayer and to forgive us and to restore us. Sandra and I were in the 10th grade at the time of the Roe v Wade court decision. Within our church of origin and in the lives of our families and neighbors the Supreme Court decision was not even a blip on the radar i have no memory of the breaking news no discussions or any mention of it it was not until many years later after we had married and started our family that we began to be made aware of the impact of the reversal of the law of the land i now believe that the battle for the sanctity of life is not to be won in montgomery or washington although i still pray for and support laws being passed that will ensure the womb is a safe zone for life. But I believe the battlefield is in the hearts and minds <laughs> of the fathers and mothers and, and, in, and in the church. We need to lead by example and teach people that whether the pregnancies were planned or unplanned, the life of the child is still precious in God's sight and it should be in our sight for we know that even within the church there are many who are not yet not yet ready to concede that the priority should always be to respect and honor each and every life even though it may appear to impose a high cost to oneself and one's family to acknowledge and embrace the God-given right to life does not mean one has to become a card-carrying member of the Christian right the issue is much deeper than just an item on a political agenda. As Sandra and I moved beyond the tunnel vision and introversion, introversion of our early history. We began to become aware of several issues that were beginning to receive attention. In the early 80s, we participated in some Christian rallies and even some marches to raise the scriptural standard in areas such as pornography and racial unity and, yes, even abortion. We became aware of Christian-based pregnancy crisis centers like Save-A-Life, and we were privileged to be able to host the initial meetings here in Tuscaloosa that eventually got the ball rolling and led to the opening of a local Save-A-Life clinic. A few years later, around 1999 or 92, a close friend of mine, David Daniel, invited me to go with him to attend a rally being held at Garywood Assembly of God in Hueytown. I attended the rally. My level of My level of interest and concern was increased significantly, and although I did not join David and the others the next morning for the rescue operation at a local abortion provider in Birmingham, I began to be more interested in and concerned about the issue and listening to teachings and attending other rallies. Jim Pinto led the rally in the rescue that weekend. As in one of the rescues, David Daniel, was videoing it and he has a video of Jim being rough handled by two Birmingham police officers who literally picked him up and threw him onto the school bus that was being used to transport the protesters to the jail. I did attend several more operation rescue rallies and I eventually participated in a rescue in Montgomery. I was arrested and charged with trespassing on private property. The attorneys were able to have our group released from jail later the same day. Years later in talking to Greg Evans I discovered he was there that day and was arrested. We might have been on the same bus (laughs) riding to jail although we didn't know each other. I never realized at the time how deep the influence of that decision to attend the rally in Hueytown would have would have on us, on our family. turned out to have a pretty important impact in our life because many years later during a time when I was trying to find solid ground after experiencing the all too common implosion of a local church due to the out of control life of the pastor I believe the Lord brought the memories of the conviction and passion of Jim Pinto to my mind I reached out to Jim through email and made an appointment to meet with him. My intention was to ask him to permission for our family to attend his church in Fairfield for an interim period while we searched for that solid footing that we desperately needed. And the result of that conversation with Jim ended up leading us to meet Greg, and a few months later, Sandra, Lori, and I were confirmed in the CEC. The Charismatic Episcopal Church itself was birthed in jail cells of Southern California in the heart of our first patriarch, Randolph Adler. Bishop Adler was a fervent participant in the rescues in the early 80s in Southern California. He tells, or he did tell, of the influence of the the serenity and the deep spirituality of the Roman Catholics whom he got to know and observe while they waited for their release from jail. From that he eventually discovered the Convergence Movement through the writings of Robert Weber and others and ended up becoming the first bishop in the CEC. Our current Patriarch, Archbishop Craig Bates says that the the CC is not a church that is pro life, but it is a pro life church. I was also influenced by the sermons I heard at the pro life rallies I attended and the ones I listened to on tape several years before I came into the CC. Some of the other speakers at these events were also from a liturgical tradition like Father Jim Pinto who at the time was a priest in the Episcopal Church was and they would make assertions about the scriptures and uh, and based on the tradition of the church that caused me to become curious and to be more open to truth and it definitely stretched my theology looking back over the journey Sandra and I have walked to arrive at where we are today makes me smile I'm amazed at the patience and the wisdom of our perfect Father in heaven who so gently and tenderly leads us and guides us to help us become who he's planned for us to be from before the beginning of time. And he has the same level of caring and compassion for each and every human life. As I said in my sermon last Sunday quoting from Peter's sermon at Cornelius' house, God is not one to show partiality. God is as concerned about the premature death of a baby in her mother's womb as he is the abuse and slavery of children or even the torture and martyrdom of adult believers. Sometimes as we recognize the darkness of our days and the prevalence of evil in our society we may cry as the psalmist did in verse 1 O oh Lord, why O oh Lord do you stand so far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? We may believe that those who advocate for the continuation and expansion of the evil of abortion may say in their heart is in verse 11, God has forgotten, he has hidden his face he will never see it but we must continue reading and pray his verse 17 and 18. 18, O Lord you hear the desire of the afflicted, you will strengthen their heart you will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more may we remember those who have given their lives to the purpose and furtherance of advocating for the sanctity of life and pray for them often the gospel reading the very familiar passage of Jesus putting the child in their midst and saying unless you become like a child you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven makes many statements and one of the obvious ones is elevating the value and role of children who at that time I understand was uh, children were not valued and had very little Uh, status in society, very few protections or none Uh, but not that way in the kingdom of God whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. May we become more aware of the gift of life, the value of it may we seek ways to improve the lives of anyone we have the opportunity to influence in any way That they may discover the joy and the freedom of the abundant life that can be experienced when we're led by the Spirit and walk by the Spirit. May we work for the reform of our political and social systems so that they will affirm the dignity and value of each and every human, regardless of their size or how old they are. May we pray for and make ourselves available to encourage those who are still carrying the heavy weight of memories of past mistakes, to help them find forgiveness and reconciliation and to truly experience the glory of Romans 8.1. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together and proclaim our common faith in the Nassim Creed.